The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Uh, Recording on a Thursday night. Kind of weird. Mike, how are you? I'm good, man. This crazy schedule (laughs) from Saturday Night Dynamite to Thursday Night Dynamite. And honestly, they may not even needed to have uh, Dynamite on Thursday this week based off of everything going on in the world of the NBA. But um, here we are Thursday night. You know, it's nice to get into the recording studio with you, my man. And, you know, just want to say, you know, heavy hearts here again at the other wrestling show with everything going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So our thoughts with them and, and remember black lives matter, but on a personal note, Joel, I'm still got this fucking cough. <laughs> it's been <laughs> three, four weeks now. And whenever I get these coughs, it reaches a point where I wake up and where I just one day, like every time I'm like, this is never going away. Is it? This is my life now. Yeah. I I have a cough. And like, I like before I literally have my cough medicine, my cough drops, and my inhaler all next to my water bottle, ready to go for the podcast tonight. So, you guys, I do this for you. I do this for the listeners. <laughs> I know I went heel a few weeks ago and I said I did this for myself, but I'm turning face again, guys. So, Joel, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I I know how you feel. That's me during allergy season. I just I have like my seven different things that I take in a specific order to you know, be able to breathe throughout the day. And uh, it, Melody and I have been watching um, Star Trek The Next Generation. We decided oh, to hell yeah. go back and watch through it, which, oh my gosh, it's wild. TNG is amazing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I watched my it, Star Trek. <laughs> I watched it years ago and, uh, you know, I, I just, I'd completely forgotten just how off the rails it is. But, you know, there's a, an episode in the first season where, Picard has a headache and everyone's thrown off and they're like, what a headache? What's that? Because they've eliminated headaches. Like, (laughs) and so I I thought of that and it's like, they've eliminated headaches. They've eliminated the common cold. They've eliminated allergies. It was like this, what, why is my life? Not this. I would, I would much prefer that if I could just during allergy season, you know, not have to deal with that and be able to go outside and, and be able to breathe. So, you know, I would like to say that of all the awesome things from the world of Star Trek, eliminating allergies and coughs would not be like in my top five things to take from the Star Trek universe. I mean, me but... neither, but just it, it seemed <laughs> apropos to our current conversation. That That is true. That is true. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are watching TNG. That's what I grew up on. My dad would watch the original series and one of my like one of my like the most amazing experiences from when I was a kid. I went to a Star Trek convention. It was a sci-fi convention, but you know, a lot of Star Trek stuff. And I met, uh, was it, uh, is it Jordy LaForge? Not Jordy. Yeah. Jordy. yeah I met LeVar Burton. Um, I met Reading George Rainbow, baby. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to me, he was, he was LaForge, but, um, met, uh, I met George Takei. I met the body of Darth Vader, not the voice, the body. And then uh, Kaniki from Greece. Apparently, he, uh, Jeff Conway was in some sci-fi show, but I knew him as a hickey from Kaniki is like a Harmar card. So, um, want to talk about wrestling? 
Want to yeah, get, get, get into that. wrestling? All right, Joel. Uh, break down the card for us. Was. All right, Dynamite was in front of a live audience. Uh, live studio happy. audience. Uh, no, not a studio audience. Live outdoor amphitheater audience. Studio audience is what I said. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, it kicked <laughs> off with a tag team gauntlet match, starting off with the Natural Nightmares facing off with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks getting the victory and advancing to face the best friends. Uh, as it seemed the Young Bucks were going to get the win, the best friends were aided by none other than Hangman Adam Page, who sabotaged the Young Bucks, allowing best friends to get the victory and move on to face FTR, who won the gauntlet match in short order and faced Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page at All Out on September 5th. This was followed by Lance Archer beating the absolute shit out of Sean Maluda. After that, we got a promo segment with Jake the Snake Robert, who was interrupted by Taz, who was interrupted by Darby Allen, and uh, chicanery ensued. After this, we got a really good video package highlighting the upcoming women's championship match between Karushita and Thunder Rosa. This match will also be taking place at All Out. After that, we got the contract signing for the All Elite Wrestling Championship match between MJF and John Moxley. And uh, that was a very interesting segment with Moxley somewhat getting the upper hand on MJF and his lawyer. Good development there. We have got, after that, a backstage promo from Proud and Powerful where they talk some crap about the best friend and how they're not going to apologize. And we got a match with the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade with Eddie Kingston at their side, coaching them through a match against Griff Garrison, Brian Pullman Jr., and the team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Heels got the win going over in easy fashion in that affair. And this was followed by the Dark Order celebration of Brody Lee's TNT Championship victory. After that, we got the Bucks confronting Adam Page backstage. Swole had her handicap match with Penelope Ford and Reba, where she got the win, earning herself a match of her choosing with Britt Baker at All Out. After that, the Dark Order returned to ringside to recruit Tay Conti into their ranks, and the show closed with Sammy Guevara taking on Matt Hardy in a tables match, a brutal and bloody affair that saw Sammy Guevara get the win, putting Matt through a table. Stock up. Stock down. Good timing there, my dude. That was I'm right on the money. I'm yeah, working. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Um, Joel, I, I, we, we talked a bit pre-show, and I think we're both a little stocked down on the overall episode of Dynamite tonight. So for me, it just it never felt like it got into a flow, and it just it kind of felt a little stagnant which is a little surprising considering we're two weeks out from all out. And I know sometimes like in WWE or sorry, the other wrestling company, whenever like, uh, like raw goes up against like a holiday, they kind of just throw away the show because they know people aren't going to watch. It's, it's always their lowest rated shows of the year this felt like it was kind of a throwaway show. And that's a little weird and a little disappointing this close to what is their WrestleMania. What were your thoughts on the overall show tonight, Joel? For me, it was more about the wrestling itself. And 
I felt like there were some important story beats that took place on this show. There were some segments Mm -hmm. that I really liked. um, And we'll get to some of that later on. But it just AEW is typically about the wrestling. And these matches didn't feel vital. They didn't feel important. And that's kind of tough to get past. You know, I found myself zoning in for all of the non wrestling and kind of half paying attention for the matches. And there were some cool spots. But I don't know, it just none of them drew me in really, except for the gauntlet match until the Young Bucks were eliminated. And once the Young Bucks were out of that match, it was kind of, you know, the writing was on the wall and the cut to commercial really interrupted the momentum of that match. And we came back Mm -hmm. from the picture in picture to you know, FTR already having the advantage and having, you know, initiated contact. That's friends got barely any offense in after the commercial break ended. Like it was even in the match with the Bucks, you know, that match started for them with Chuck Taylor, you know, kayfabe injuring his knee and them kind of being down throughout that match for the most part. So I don't know. It just, it's not what I've come to expect from an episode of Dynamite, and my expectations are probably higher than they should be for the in-ring action, which is just usually so good. So when you get a match like that or a, a week like this where it was just kind of pedestrian, you know, it, it doesn't really live up to that high standard. But that being said, I mean, there's a lot to like from this show, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that I'm excited to see come to fruition down the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, the matches themselves didn't do it for me. They were not, they were not wrestling clinics tonight. And from some of the decisions in the matches to the, like the whole flow in and out of commercial tonight also just felt off bad time. Like the, most of the main event took place during commercial break. So it, it, it just felt off. Obviously there was some good stuff and we'll move on to that. And just one more th- thing about the overall show. Man, they listened to us, Joel. They took Taz off of commentary, so they only had a three-man booth. And guess what? It sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jericho was fucking awful. Like, when he, when, he, when he is not forcing his character and just calling the matches, he can be good at it. We saw it. We've seen him do it in AEW. And tonight he was just screaming over Jr., screaming over Tony. Like I, I saw no positive of having him. Which we know now we know why he was on commentary because you had to have some way for Cassidy to attack him. But if you're telling me you're going to subject us to two hours of Jericho screaming for a two minute brawl, that that's a thumbs down, bro. So, well, and and to that point why couldn't you have had Chris Jericho come out to celebrate with Sammy after his big win? Yeah. Like there are other ways of getting him out there that don't require us to, to deal with two hours of him sucking up all of the oxygen on commentary. And you have two hall of fame commentators and they can't get a word in because Jericho's constantly screaming. And, and then he, it's like he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of the product. Yeah, he, it after, seems like he doesn't after, watch yeah. from week to week and doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, like when the natural nightmares were eliminated, he was like, who's next? We've known who's next. 
like that's the whole component of this match is it's based off of the rankings. And then what was the other thing that he said, Joel? You mentioned it to me earlier. Um, yeah. So at one point in the match, he's like, I hate the Young Bucks. And and yeah. Tony or JR asked him why. And he's like, I don't like how creative they are. And then just a few minutes later, he's like, I admire the Young Bucks for their creativity. And it's like, OK, which is it? Like, and I, I get that you're a heel. And so you could be kind of inconsistent. But yeah it just doesn't work when you're put in the position of, of commentary, especially when you're essentially taking the lead on commentary, like trying to provide play by play and, you know, do color commentary and be a heel and advance your character. Like it's just trying to do too much all at yeah. once. And it just doesn't work for me. And, and Jericho's a, he's an established heel. We know what he is. We know who he is. We don't need a two hour advertisement for Jericho. So, you want to move on to some of the stuff we did like from this week, though, Joel? Yeah, let's uh, let's get off the negativity because there was a lot yeah. to like here. I wanted there to was. spend some time talking about the video package for the women's championship match. I thought this was really well done, and I really liked the presentation of both Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa in this package. I thought it was really cool seeing um, Thunder Rosa in um, street clothes, looking totally badass, but still having her face yeah. paint. And mm-hmm. it's just such a cool look. And and she has that visual presentation that is so striking. And it just immediately gives her some intimidation factor. And it makes her seem like a really big deal. I loved getting the voiceover and hearing from Billy Corgan. Big and him talking <laughs> about, you know, the partnership and how eager he was to have the champion of his brand go and represent. And uh, I just think this match is really exciting. I liked the way that Sheeta was highlighted and I'm just really excited for this match. And I like that they spent some time building it up and that it seems like the first time we see Thunder Rosa step into a ring in AEW is going to be in that match. And I think that's actually kind of a cool thing. You I say like when that. you only see people in video packages and vignettes before their big debut match that's, you know, significant. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about how they're, you know, a few weeks ago, it's like, what are they doing with the AEW's Women's Championship at All Out? And two weeks ago, we were only three weeks out from the pay-per-views, like, they have nothing. And if you if you don't have time to build a a, you know, blood feud, something like that, Pair two badasses together and just let them work. And this was an excellent pairing. And what I liked about this package, it felt like a sports center type promo promoting like a boxing match or a UFC fight. Like it had that kind of that legitimate feel to it. Or even and like a 30 for 30, you know, the way they had yeah, the you voiceovers, know, the voice of Billy Corgan. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, it was it felt like a different production style than we normally see in wrestling. And AEW has definitely leaned into the sport aspect, you know, showing the records, the tail of the tapes, the size differences, stuff like that. And some of their big matches. But uh, this this felt like a sports documentary type of thing. So I would really love next week for them to continue that production style and just give us more background of who Thunder Rosa is, you know obviously get some more clips of her in ring work from NWA and everywhere she's been and just continue to introduce her 
to the AW fan base without having to have her step into the arena. And, you know, if this was a normal pay-per-view, like a full capacity arena, you know, Thunder Rosa's pop would be freaking huge. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. Great stuff here. I don't really have anything more to say about it. It was it's just very well done. Well, I know something that you wanted to talk about, and I'm definitely thumbs up on as well, is the Dark Order celebration and really everything the Dark Order did uh, throughout. They were money tonight. Uh, But talk to me. What, What was your favorite thing from the Dark Order celebration? Yo, man, some really dark imagery from them at first coming out with some gimmick infringement from the undertaker with a casket and then opening it up to reveal a body like <laughs> that was dark AF. And I think that there's a couple components here of their celebration. It was kind of the, the group itself coming out, doing the whole casket bit, but then just next level aggressive Brody Lee, just just like punching out John silver for leaving the line drag, like, dragging evil uno by the shirt up the ramp like it's it's intense and like it the indoctrination of being a member of the dark order just seems so freaking violent but then on the other hand you have someone like um uh cole cabana who just kind of like joined and is getting this awesome ride and not having to deal with this shit so it's, it's very cool to see that contrasting uh stuff here and it kind of reflects like a little caste system inside the Dark Order itself. So I just really loved how Brody Lee came off during all of this. Everything he said, how we, you know, we took out the Nightmare family, we buried the Nightmare family. Um, I, I just really, he seemed so important tonight. Like he seemed like a major player in this company, which I haven't felt that way about him since his AEW title feud with Moxley. So. I'm glad they're putting him up here. They're giving him this spotlight. And yeah, so uh, the celebration itself, we're getting to some of the other stuff they did after, but what'd you think of the celebration that they had in the ring? I dug it. And I think it accomplished what it set out to do. I liked that Preston Vance was kind of, you know, tucked into that casket really well. So yeah, I thought know. it was Cody. It looked like it could have been. And then, you know, he popped out. Even had the fake tattoo on his neck. Jacket. And, uh, you know, and just the the arc of the celebration with it starting off with Uno being so ecstatic. And then Mm -hmm. the segment ends with him kind of getting dragged out by Brody Lee, who's, you know, PO'd at how things went. And I thought it was a good look for some of the baby faces who got to come out and, you know, get their shine, have their moment stand tall but it was also you know really great for Anna Jay to get a spotlight and you know for us to find out what her number is and she's number 99 she's the Wayne Gretzky of the Dark Order and uh, oh, they gave her a number I think I must have missed that I yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah and 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 Brody Lee actually referred to her as the great one as well so it's totally a Wayne Gretzky reference and and I'm I'm here for that so and the um, great one, Anna J. That sounds good. I like uh, it. But but yeah, there's there was a lot here. You mentioned the Colt Cabana situation, and it kind of reminds me of you know when when a hero is kind of in with the villain and his crew as like an honored guest in you know yeah. a movie or or a book or whatever, 
and they're just kind of observing everything and the villains trying to sell them on, see, I'm not that bad. And then inevitably things go sideways. That's kind of what Colt Cabana feels like right now. And, you know, the work that he's been doing on Twitter, like, no, I I didn't join a cult. I joined up with some friends to win matches. <laughs> it just it's hilarious. And uh, I like that they're able to do so much within the confines of the Dark Order right now. There's so many different storylines going and it's all interesting. So I really like this. And I want to skip ahead to the other Dark Order segment that happened because I'm really excited to see what happens with Anna Jay and Tay Conti. Because if she goes through with joining the Dark Order, I think there could be some really interesting stuff that they do with those two and kind of what Tay's initiation going to look like. Because Anna Jay kind of got to skate into the group. But yep. That hasn't been the case for most people who join. So, like, is is Tay going to have to take a beat down from Anna Jay as part of this process? Like, what's this going to look like? Are they going to have to, you know, go through some matches to evaluate and, and make sure that she's fit to be a part of this group? So there's a lot of storytelling that could happen there as well. And I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to the possibilities. And, and it gives them an, a natural feud for Anna Jay, Brandy alley at some point because they this whole the nightmare family is dead you know cody's gonna show up most likely at all out and be like bullshit and that's our feud for the fall is the nightmare family which apparently is no longer with the elite so the nightmare family and the dark order and we'll see where it goes and yeah take is is anna jay the de facto leader of the women's side of the dark order like, is she like a, the, you know, Brody Lee's the CEO and she's like the executive vice president? <laughs> like, how's this going to work? Um, and it's good because I, we've we needed more women stars. And the fact that Anna Jay is now automatically a highly established, basically heel character now, just from affiliation is is great for the division. So a lot of things they can do here. Does Tay Conti actually join? You know, like it could be a will she or won't she? Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. So anything else about the Dark Order, Joel? Um, Just that, you know, like I said last week, there's never been a better time to join the Dark Order. Join Dark Order. And I'm going to I'm going to flip a little here. As I said, we said three things in the rundown. There's one thing I want to add to our stock up, stock down before we get to lightning rounds. And that is Adam Hangman Page. We don't get a lot of crazy shocks <laughs> in wrestling. You know, I was shocked when he grabbed the leg of whatever Jackson brother that was and cost him the match. Nick. Nick. Um, oh, because they were going for the Meltzer driver. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, obviously that the we expected Young Bucks to face FTR in the final <coughs> finals of that gauntlet match. And they're the Bishop Chicanery. So for Adam to do this was, was really shocking. And then their promo backstage going back to when they called him a jobber talking about how they've had issues since last November, basically calling him a drunk. Joel, do you remember when we were, when we talked about this feud, this story back before the quarantine tapings where we were basically like, 
yo, the Bucks are dicks. <laughs> like <laughs> Adam Adam Page should leave the elite. He's getting treated like shit by these guys. I I'm a hundred percent in Adam Page's corner right now. Like that's how that promo made me feel. What were your thoughts of this whole segment and the very artistic cinematography of Page looking in a broken mirror of himself? I thought this was really, really well done. And even starting with the way he looked when he came out to the ring, I don't know if that was good character work, if it was makeup or if he didn't sleep well last night. But I mean, he definitely had dark circles around his eyes and seemed like he had been, you know, wrestling with some demons and trying to strung out, out. (laughs) you know, what, what is it that I'm trying to do here? Who should I believe? Cause the bucks say they want, to you know have this match have this rematch and see who's the best and ftr says no you know we want to make sure that you face off against someone that you respect and who respects you and you know he's kind of caught in the middle and seemed like you know he made the decision but wasn't 100 percent sure about making the decision and then you know where did he go to to drown his woes and and try to help understand himself to the bar and you know, the Bucks said all they wanted was a friend. Well, maybe Adam Page just needed a friend, and and FTR has been more of a friend to him, and been less judgmental, and so he's yeah. you know falling into their trap because they are definitely heels. You know, we had talked a few oh, yeah. weeks back about how they kind of weren't really working heel very much. They're working heel now, one hundred percent. So. <laughs> I'm liking this. I thought this was really well done. And some of the best acting that we've seen from the AEW product uh, since its inception. So, oh, yeah, uh, I I definitely dug these segments, especially the confrontation. I thought the passion that Matt Jackson put into that promo was exceptional. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, the best promo like work we've seen from the Bucks. And, you know, I was talking to my buddy about all out 2019 and he was talking about how like he watched it for the first time with the the replays this week he's like man the main event just seemed off i'm like yeah it's because the fans didn't really buy adam page yet and jericho can't really work the way that people you know in aw wanted him to work and to see where adam page is now a year later like his in-ring work was never in question but the control he has over his character i'm gonna say it joel it's kenny omega-esque right now like i always talk about kenny omega's facial expressions his body language the way he moves the way he tilts his head page sold the conflicted soul tonight struggling with something he he sold it so damn well and i got i got the feels i caught some feels for it man so yeah great stuff from the young bucks adam page We'll see where this goes at all out in two weeks. And Joel, you want you ready to move on to lightning round? Yes, indeed. Let's do it. Lightning round. Uh, oh, well, you go first, buddy. Yeah. First thing I wanted to talk about in lightning round was um, the main event. And I, I just thought there were some really cool spots in this match. And I wanted to get your opinion on something. I have a question for you. Um, They talked about the specific stipulation that you had to put your opponent through a table with an offensive move uh, in order to win the match. And what that allowed them to do was have several table spots 
before the match actually ended. And I'm kind of torn about that because I, I like Are you the following my, my live tweeting. Will you follow me my live tweeting? Because no. I literally tweeted 48 minutes ago. Interesting. With the wrestlers being able to fall through a table on their own, does that take away from a table match from the yeah. final spot? And and I'd like to get your answer to that question because for me it absolutely did. Uh, 100%. The match ending of the match just kind of felt, you know, like oh well that's a thing that happened. Um, but the spots that really got me were you know the first table that Sammy went through where he cut his head open and that twist of fate on the chair which oh, I brutal. was very uncomfortable with that spot I don't like it I don't want to see it again um, but yeah it stood out in a big way um, what, what are your thoughts yeah so I remember watching a tables match with the Hardys as a kid and I remember Matt pulling a table out from where Jeff was going to land to save the match because he drama. fell off. Yeah. He like, someone ran into the ropes. He lost his balance. He was going to fall through it. And Matt pushed it over at the last second and there's tension. And then, then on the flip side, you have like, remember when Cody lost to uh, Cody beat the big show for the IC title and table match because big show Stepped through it on accident. <laughs> yeah, he stepped off the ring apron and put his foot through a table. Yeah. So, like, even that, that adds a level knowing even if it's accidental, you can lose. So, I I personally didn't like the fact that they could just throw themselves through tables. You could make that match brutal without having to go through how many ever tables they went through. We saw it. The chairs being thrown the twist of fate onto the chair with the chair around Sammy's neck, the side effect on the ring apron. By the way, did you know the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring, Joel? I didn't think I had actually heard that prior to tonight. You know, it's not like that's I ever know. been said on a wrestling broadcast Never. before. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought it made it a little anticlimactic because in, in other wrestling companies, it's one and done. You're through a table, you lose. And I think it's just, you know, essentially two different styles of match. Um, and, and I like the other style better. It's not to say that this is wrong or that you, you can't do it this way. Um, but it just, I didn't dig it as much. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But with that being said, it was a brutal match, really good spots. And Sammy going, going over is the right move. So not much to not else, not much more else to say, but it is funny that you thought that because I literally tweeted the exact same thing. So, Joel, our wrestling minds are are similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about that MJF uh, Moxley contract signing and Joel. They didn't come to blows. There was no there was no fight. I am I'm thrilled. <laughs> and I just man, uh, that promo from MJF I thought was just really good. Also, it felt like that was a really long promo, like really good work from MJF to get that whole thing out in, in one cohesive statement. And I always love, it's so cliche, but the baby face adding something to the contract last second. Tried and true trope, love it. And we get to see Moxley fight the lawyer next week, um, which is going to be awesome. And apparently he is one of, the, I believe he's one of the co-hosts of Matt Cardona's like action figure podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, all around good work. I'm 
I've been a little down on this feud the last few weeks because I thought the whole can't DDT stipulation is dumb. But MJF brought me back in here and I laughed out loud when uh, MJF made a crack about Moxie's hairline. He's like, don't don't worry, you'll get there. You just have to hit puberty first. <laughs> like, uh, uh, That made me laugh so me, hard. <laughs> Moxley was amused by the joke. Like, yeah, like yeah. one gets insulted and they're like, yeah, I can't even be upset because that was that was funny. I was good. Um, and you know, like even how he, comeback, so that's great. And how he delivered the lines, like, do I want to give you permanent damage? Kind of. Yeah. I don't like you. Like it just came <laughs> out so natural. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm, I've really been liking the John Moxley we've been seeing since the Brian cage match, maybe even right before that. I I've, I've, been critical of him in the uh, over his title run here for some of his promos and his character work but i've i've just really been drawn in by what he's been doing recently oh and then mj mjf's comment about like tell your hot wife i'm single oh, 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 oh. i thought i thought mox was gonna kick his ass right there well i think he would have if he hadn't been you know threatened with a lawsuit but yeah. i think for me <laughs> moxley really turned a corner with his character work when he had the feud with Darby Allen. And, and that was when it really got good for me. And, um, and I'm, I really looking forward to this match, you know, other than, you know, Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida, this is the match that I'm looking forward to the most at all out. And that's a first, you know, yeah. the main event, the AEW championship match hasn't been the match that I've been looking forward to the most yet. Um, so not um, for me, not since full gear, Jericho Cody with the stipulation. That's the last time where like that, the AEW championship has been my, like the match I've looked forward to the most. And yeah, we've, we've talked, we've joked, we joked for months about how we don't really care about the AEW title picture right now. Like it never made our, our rundowns, but tonight we it didn't make our top three and sock up, sock down, but we've talked about it quite a bit. So definitely a good change and one last thing the you know i taking away the paradigm shift it makes me more creative and him just listing off all the ways that he's gonna have to think differently to potentially hurt mjf i thought was just oh it worked it worked for moxley i loved it joe you got another item for me in lightning round yeah i want to give a quick shout to the uh brit baker and big swole feud so um, I'm glad that the match was essentially what we thought it was going to be and that, you know, Britt didn't get in, involved at all and that we're going to get this match now at all out because, you know, we've been building up to it since she got hurt. So let's, uh, let's do it. Technically announced for all out, but you have to think this rounds out the all out card. Like it just, I don't see how this doesn't. So um for me joel uh it's a lightning item that's a stock up and stock down all in one i'm glad the casino battle royal is back i i love their their battle royal format i think it's really interesting um and it is stacked right now like like so far darby allen lance archer brian cage ricky starks pentagon phoenix the butcher the blade eddie kingston those are your first entrance in this match holy shit <laughs> like that's some talent i remember last year it feeling um the first men's one at double or nothing b 
being a little light in the star department. Um, so they are definitely bringing it here. The stock downside of thing is, man, I really wanted Darby Allen, Ricky Starks one-on-one at all out. I'm yeah. sure we'll get it sooner than later, but man, that felt like a big time pay-per-view match and their brawl during the show was so much more engaging than the Orange Cassidy Jericho brawl. Not to take anything away from it, but I was more into that Darby Allen Starks brawl. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those two just make everything look so believable. And I, I love that the first thing that happened was uh, Starks getting taken out of his shoes. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? <laughs> well, he's wearing these these like slippers almost like they, they're they're backless <laughs> shoes. So selling the the initial contact from Darby, his shoes come off, which is just hilarious. And uh, I don't know if you saw Diamante was on Twitter trying to sell his shoes because she picked him up. <laughs> I did not see that. And uh, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was hilarious. Shouts to Diamante. Yeah. So and uh, another little related to this. Shout out to Eddie Kingston for his shirt tonight. All lives matter. Can't matter until black lives matter. God, I knew I loved Eddie Kingston. Joe, you got another thing in lightning round for me? Um, I mean, I was going to talk about Eddie Kingston and the uh, oh, well, let's keep talking about Eddie Kingston promo work that he did. I loved the pre-match and post-match work from him. I loved his backstage promo and he's like, I'm here to get these guys gold. Oh, and also get myself gold. And then he winks at the camera. It's like, yeah, you're <laughs> playing them like that's what this oh, yeah. is like. You're you're acting like you're on their side and that you're putting things together and that you're going to get the best out of them, but you're in this for yourself. And I love that. So um, I, I got some Eddie vibes from that backstage. Yeah. And it, it's just fantastic work. He is so freaking great on the mic. He he is just char- charisma defines like there's just something about him that draws you in. And yeah, the, the Eddie comparison, I think, is a, a very good one. Like. I don't even look at Eddie Kingston as a heel right now. Like just maybe it's just because I'm loving his work so much. He makes me laugh, but I like, I'm not viewing him as like a traditional heel here when he's paired with four guys who are that right now in the company. So. Well, and you know, something that we talk about pretty frequently is how heels tell the truth. It's the conclusion that they draw from that truth that makes them a heel. And so far we haven't seen him you know, leap to that twisted version of the truth. So uh, he's still kind of coming across as a tweener because he's clearly not wanting to abide by the rules and he's clearly in it for himself. But he's still, you know, kind of in that tweener space. And uh, I'm I'm liking what he's doing. Yeah. And with regards to uh, he, he right now is probably one of the, one or two people I would pick to win that casino battle Royal. Um, Cause you could see him using the four guys he's working with to get the win somehow. So well, let's big money on Eddie. Kingston. Cause uh, <laughs> next week um, I got one last thing before uh, I run out of topics. Did you see the guy in the crowd with a sign that says MGF is greater than the Republican national convention? That's a low bar, though. I mean, <laughs> hey, man, I'll Jericho's take it. Commentary though. was better than the RNC. Ooh, 
Jericho. Yeah. Um, but shout out to that guy. Good for you, man. And fuck the RNC. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for checking in this week. Uh, Joel, you, my whole group is not out. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find Joel at the other Joel. You can find me at Michael underscore Aranda. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the Android apps for podcasting. We're there. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a rating. Definitely helps get the word out here. We're definitely growing. We love doing this show every week. So tell your friends. Um, Joel, anything else before we go? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Bye, everyone.